This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hello, mates. Back at it again, podcasting from both sides of this great nation yes, due to the wonders time of technology. will not keep us apart, but I am in dreary Perth right now. It is raining. We had Elimination Chamber, the WWE uh, show in town last night. Grayson Waller, friend of the show, tore the house down. LA Knight, friend of the show, tore the house down. Was betrayed by AJ Styles, who... In in the context enemy, of like wrestling, enemy of the show, enemy of the show, he he wasn't on the show. So in like the the like storyline universe of wrestling, he got on a plane from America and flew halfway around the world just to hit a guy with a chair. And I respect that. What a what a dream, I mean, eh? yeah. what a way to make a living. Exactly. And so yeah, uh, here for a couple more days before I fly out to Vegas. Uh, a deeply silly place, Nick. Um, everything closes early opens late went down to get some fruit and water this morning woolies doesn't open till 11 a.m so i couldn't do that uh we landed yesterday and three different cafes at 11 a.m said oh we've closed the kitchen for half an hour because it's too busy there's too many people in town it's almost like you're going it's almost like you're going to the anti las vegas to start like yeah that's true two worlds i've gone to the city that always sleeps i'm aware that's not (laughs) new york not las vegas but (laughs) it doesn't matter the The world's sleepiest city there are strange and godless people across the desert Mm, but i did see one giant billboard for patrick carrigan so maybe it's not all okay maybe maybe perth's back maybe perth is back (laughs) and uh that third voice you might have heard is Sarah Keegan, diehard Cronulla Sharks fan and News.com crime reporter, here to talk all things Cronulla in just a second. Sarah, say hello first, and then we'll, we'll jump back to you in a second. Hello to everyone. Very What's excited going on? to be here. Mm, uh, we're very excited to have you back. Uh, we'll jump into the Sharks in a sec, but real quick, a couple of bits of news. Nick, one, one tragic one with Tom Gilbert set to miss the entire season with an ACL injury. Oh, it just sucks, especially since he had... The pec injury that rubbed him out yeah. so much of last year came along just as he sort of established himself as an origin regular. I thought um, through that first bit of the season, he was the Dolphins' best player. I thought he was starting to establish himself as one of the best forwards in the NRL. Um, and he's just had the rug pulled out of him. It's going to be coming up on on two years once he gets back without playing much footy at all, you know. And Not great. Just sucks for a young fellow who really seemed to be coming into his own. It's um, yeah, it's a it's a real tough one for the big fella. Yeah, and it, it's a huge. I think that's obviously a huge dent to their hopes of making the finals. Yeah, he's their best forward in my opinion, and it's just a damn shame for him. And they were really building, I think, towards something nice this year, the Dolphins, and that's just a huge, huge blow to their chances before a ball's even well before a ball's been properly kicked. Yeah, like, um, yeah. He he played a huge role in the early parts of last year when their defense was quite strong, and mm. then once he missed the rest of the season, there was like a slow yeah. degradation of that. Where <laughs> by the end of the year, they're playing touch footy. You know, they needed his aggression, they needed his intimidation, they needed his athleticism as well because it is an older forward pack. They need as much out of the young guys as they can get. So it's a it's a it's a big big one for the Dolphins. It, we, like we've already done our Dolphins preview. But if we knew then that Gilbert was going to be out, it, that's enough for me to bump him down a couple of spots on the ladder. I agree with that, but uh, we're not allowed to do that, unfortunately. I have to not have the Dragons getting the spoon and I have to have the Dolphins <laughs> in my top eight. So we will persevere. Uh, I woke up to a few angry messages from friends about the World Club Challenge. Do you think it was a global conspiracy to make us appreciate NRL referees more? If so, I think it might work. Um, I actually, yeah, I, success. Success. I, I loved this game. 
I absolutely loved it. I, I think the World Club Challenge for a while there was in danger of being killed off completely. I think a lot mm. of NRL teams just had no interest in going over to England a couple of weeks out from the season and and playing what they amounted as a glorified trial game. But Penrith have really committed to the concept over the last two years, um, which is a credit to them. And like, yeah, they weren't totally at their best. They were missing Jerome Luai. They were missing Scott Sorensen. They dropped a lot of ball. Their attack wasn't that sharp. But they still had all of their forward power. They still had all of the aggression and intimidation that they played with. And Wigan did a great job to hang in there and compete physically with the hardest bunch of bastards in the entire NRL. There are plenty of NRL teams that haven't been able to do that over the last couple of years. And Wigan, with like guys like Patrick Mago and Kate Ellis and Abbas Miski, who, like with respect, they were reserve graders out here. Yeah. And they've gone over there and just become much, much more complete players. No player is more has has sort of grown in Super League more than probably Wigan's two best players on the night, Jay Field and Bevan French. Mm. Although French was outstanding at five at eight. Like I I knew he'd won the Man of Steel last year, but I'll be honest with you, I hadn't just I just hadn't seen a lot of him playing five eight. So I wasn't sure how it was going to go. But he was he was super. Still has that great running game. Connected Jay really Field well with that amazing side, cover man. tackle. Jay, Jay, man, Jay Field. Tell me all about that dude. He is fast. He's quick as hell. He's quick <laughs> as hell, man. And he's one of the very few guys who moves a little bit like young Sean Johnson did. Mm. You know, like like it's the touch footy background. It's the footwork. It's the speed. But he's one of the very few guys who has a bit of that about him, right? The ref, like the refereeing, there was no way that that Wardle try was <laughs> what a try. An absolute joke. <laughs> But but I applaud the reintroduction of crooked foreign refs. I agree. I like I like it. It used to be it used to be if you went on a kangaroo tour, right? You'd get referees in the north of England and France who were incompetent at best and cheating at worst. And I'm not saying the referee um, in the World Club Challenge was cheating or incompetent or anything like that. I think he just made an like they just made an awful awful blue. But I applaud that. Let's 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 let's. You're just suggesting it a little bit, you know. Reject, <laughs> reject, reject, reject well, you're modernity. you're the crime reporter here, mate. Get to the bottom of it. Reject oh, modernity, sorry, yeah. embrace tradition. Exactly, and More the, the Liam Martin strip as well. Outrageous, but well, that was just he, that was just he he because I don't think you can do that in Super League. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. So they were playing it under the international rules, and it's dumb that we have two sets of rules, but international because rules. it was under the international rules, you mm. can you can do it. So I think he just blew the penalty out of habit and just hoped no one would notice, oh, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, no, no, no one will notice. <laughs> no. They should have played under mountain rules, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I don't think the book's written on Jai Field's NRL career. I think, he, I think he's got plenty of time on his side to come back. And I already saw you pining for Bevan French to come and play 5-8 for the Raiders. <laughs> Bevan French, come to Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great place. Yeah. Well, if he if he's if he's if he's thriving in a cold and dreary environment, that's it. That's then, what I'm thinking. You, know, yeah. you want to go to a cold and dreary environment it. where it's going to be 38 degrees in the summertime? Yep, Bevan, I've got the city for you. <laughs> we got well, oh, we got we got Questacon. We got the arbor the 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 tree place. I can't pronounce it properly, but what more could he ask for? Indeed, and okay. yeah. So what what do you like? Because Penrith have taken this competition seriously in the last years. Why do you think it is that's making it so that these English teams are matching up so well against them in a ways that a lot of, you know, Australian teams can't? <laughs> I wouldn't so much I wouldn't so much to say it's a style. It's um the World Club Challenge is a much, much bigger deal in England than it mm. is in Australia. They 
they really, really cherish any chance they get to sort of put one on the NRL. I've seen like multiple St. Helens fans say that that win over Penrith last year is one of the greatest nights in the club's history, you know? Wow. And mm. Whereas Australia, I don't even remember who Souths beat in the World Club Challenge in 2015. It was also St. Helens. Oh, like if, you're, if, if you're not sure, it's either St. Helens, Wigan or Leeds. It's one of those All three. Right. Yep, that works. Um, so I think that they come into this thinking, like they come into the treating this like a grand final, you know? And you could see from the atmosphere at um, the, I think it's called the DW Stadium or whatever, but the mm. stadium in Wigan, was packed out. You could not fit another punter in there. They were all going crazy for it. Like the Wigan players after the game were getting interviewed. They're saying things like, oh, you know, you dream of doing things like this your whole life. Like it's a massive deal over there. You know, this was Penrith's first game of the season. Um, If they wanted, if they were, and I know that they've taken the concept seriously, but like contrast it to when St. Helens came out here last year, Mm. they had a warm up game against St. George just to iron out the Kings to make sure they were 100% at their absolute best. You know, so I think I think that's part of it. I think Penrith getting caught on the bounce in the first game of the year is part of it, but I don't think that takes anything away from from Wigan's effort because the Panthers at seventy percent is better than a lot of the NRL at ninety or a hundred percent. You know, so yeah, good on them. I mean, fantastic win for them, and yeah, I, I do. I like being a little bit churlish when it comes to the Super League. I'm usually just taking the piss a little bit. I did. I did know that South beats and Helens, and um. It, it, I think it's good for the game when stuff like this happens. And I hope that it is a concept that does stick around. Like, I, you're right. Yeah, there was too. a period there for a couple of years where it did seem like it was it was going to just completely, you know, go the way of our beloved city-country match. But instead, it, it stayed alive. And now, with the English team knocking off the Panthers two years in a row, I think it's, it's in a stronger position than, you know, maybe since, like, the pre, like era of the NRL just being so, so, so far ahead of the Super League. So that's yeah, good, I, I any, guess. Any, any time English Rugby League can get a win over Australian Rugby League, for the sport as a whole, it's a good mm. thing. It's a boost, you know? And it, you know it, what? It, most it, people, people just yeah. love to see the Panthers lose a little bit. For that's that. a good that's point. That's true. That's, that's also and it, And, and the, 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 it, the, the most insane fan base on the internet got dudded by the referee, which is always good yeah, for which, like anyone who wants to laugh. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, we did it. All right, let's jump ahead to talk all things Cronulla Sutherland. Sarah, our beloved Sharks, they were so brave last year. They were they were very bitterly unlucky to lose that finals game we went to at Shark Park against the Roosters. It was all politics. It was all politics. But they're back. They're back. They're better than ever. There's a couple of big signings. Like it's, it doesn't affect them for this year, but the news that I, not only Adam Fanil Blake is coming with the Braden Hamlin Ueli is staying. The vibes are good. The squad's looking good. You have to be optimistic about this year. Yeah, but this is the thing. Every time I come on this podcast. I get berated by Campo for being so optimistic. I didn't say anything, Sarah. I'm going to try and be a bit more critical this time. You know, Mm. I'll do my best. You guys love my love. I do, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. You know, you make fun of me. You say, oh, you're just like, oh, I love the Cronulla Sharks. Well, I do. Someone's got to support them, man. Hang on. There are two people who support them on this show. What do you mean someone's (laughs) got to support them? I'm out. I'll see you. Oh, so you're devil's advocate is what you're saying. No, I'm just I'm just trying to cut through the black, white, and blue lies. <laughs> <laughs> the black, white, and blue bullshit. <laughs> the black, white, and bullshit. Bullshit, yeah. That's it. On a serious note, this Cronulla team seems really settled to me. You know, it's a very similar squad to what they've had the last two seasons, which have mm. been, on the whole, very successful week to week. My question for both of you as Sharks fans, 
What's going to be different? What's going to change? Is there anything that this Sharks team can do to sort of take themselves from the level that they're at, which is like maybe on the cusp of the top four with their abilities? Is there anything they can do to push up and go for a, a, a real tilt at the Premiership this year? What's going to change? What's going to be different to the last two years? When I'll the let the actual Sharks fan go first. Yeah, well, I this is okay. This is my worry. This is my concern. I think that you know, for the last basically two seasons, we haven't really done much on the off season that's particularly different. Um, and this is what's concerning me. It's almost like you know they're like, oh, you know, if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. But mm. is it really not broken? I think that you know it's great. Um, but again, we're seeing another draw that's quite easy for the Sharks. I'm like, this is just going to happen again. Um, it's nice to say we're settled and, you know, everything's the way it should be and, you know, there's not much change. But then I also think that, you know, this kind of method we've done before and we've seen it happen and we've seen exactly what will happen again is that they'll probably get into the finals, they'll get into the top eight and they'll just get beaten again and they won't be able to defeat the big teams. So I don't worry that, you know, Yes, it's nice to say that we're settled, but we're too settled is what I worry about. Mm. I, I think you've nailed it there, Sarah, because you look at what who, the ins and outs for this this season. They've lost Matt Moylan, which we all kind of knew was coming. Connor yep. Tracy's gone. But other than that, there's really very little squad turnover in terms of guys coming in and out. And we've harped on this show for not just last year, but the years before that about the biggest problem Cronulla has is the middle of the field. I already briefly mentioned it when we started this preview, but they've done the best thing they can to alleviate that concern, which is to sign the best prop that's been available on the free market in probably the last like five years, I reckon, in Adam Fenua Blake. But he's not getting there till next year. But at the same time, that can have a great effect on this year. We've heard from some of our Sharks supporting mates that Toby Rudolph's really slimmed down. He's really taking his preseason very seriously. And, it, and with Hamlin ULA signing as well, that sends a message to some of those other guys that perhaps might have got a bit too comfortable last year that things are about to change. Like There are going to be competition for spots going forward. And if you're not as good as we need you to be, you're not going to be a part of that down the line. And that's the best thing that this team can have because you're, you're right. They, they almost are too settled. And I think that even the I, I, I won't, we won't bother harping on it, but I hate the thing where people sign 18 months in advance. I hate it for a lot of reasons because people are looking down there. But one positive effect it can have is the guys that are there know that their clock is ticking. And if they don't get their shit together and have a really good season, they might be the one that makes way out of that rotation going forward. And that's good. I think that fear can be a powerful motivator, not just fear in terms of like playing the game and winning and losing, but also like, oh shit, like I might be playing reserve grade next this year or next year if I don't sort my shit out and play as well as I can. And yeah, I, I absolutely think that that's the kind of motivation a team like Cronulla needs. I think that with the way the draw shakes out, not just last year and the year before, but like it seems like every year, I know that there's a lot of it's due to broadcast and stuff like that, but it just does feel like we've had the same thing with Cronulla for two or three seasons now where it's like soft draw, soft draw, soft draw, blah, blah, blah. And then they get to the finals and they lose. They had a couple of good wins down the stretch last year. We'll say that was the, the main difference for me between 2022 and 2023. But then when it got to the finals, I was joking at the start of this. They sh- they should have won that game. Like they should have won yeah, that game. The roosters had the roosters, you know, getting guys taken off the field, injuries, sin bins, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cronulla should have put them to sword with a. You we know, bobbled it. Yeah. A, a sold out. A sold out shark park. There's not that many people there, but it is all very ten loud people. When it's full. All, all ten, ten people. All ten of us are shark. Me, crazy, Sarah, yeah. and eight of our closest mates <laughs> going yeah. wild, and and they couldn't get it done. And that's and that was a roosters yeah. team that at that point was running on fumes, and that is still a big concern. 
And the way you feel about them is kind of the way I've gotten to feel about the Ravens in the NFL, where it's all well and good to just roll through teams in the regular season. But when you start doing that for more than a year or two, and it becomes your identity that Mm. you're just this team that can cruise through the regular season, but you get to September and no one treats you as a credible threat. You kind of sit there going, "Well, what's the fucking point of all this? Like, what what are we doing? Yeah. Like, why?" It's it's it, it it almost gets to a point where it's hard to enjoy even the wins in the regular season because in the back of your mind you're thinking, "Is this leading to anything better?" And I don't know if it is. Mm. What, so, Sarah, you're a crime reporter with News.com. What is the worst crime that you would commit <laughs> to get Adam Fanua Blake here a year early? Oh Regicide. my gosh. <laughs> um. Look. Look, I, I agree with Bungard in that sense that I think the the signing's good in terms of, you know, it, it giving – because I just think, you know, I mean, Ueli is Ueli, but I think for Toby, I mean, he's always been around. He's always been quite good. Like, he's been a bit of a – Everyone likes Toby Rudolph. Everyone loves him. But we need him. a bit more but, from him this year. Yeah, we just need to see uh, – We haven't. he hasn't had a breakout season. Like, he hasn't had, you know, one of those seasons that everyone's talking about him in, you know, a fantastic light and, you know, oh, this is, you know, someone that's, you know, huge for Cronulla. It's never been like that. And so I think I think this year, and as you sort of said, you know, we're hearing things that, you know, he's slimmed up, he's taking it seriously, it seems like. And I don't think we've really seen that from him before. I mean, we've seen him on his TikToks and Instagrams, like having a bit of a joke around, you know. If Cronulla stopped Toadie Rudolph from being a big, big party animal... <laughs> I am going to be so angry. Let Toby party. Let him let do Toby it. Let Toby party, but let Toby also be fantastic and what, you know, the potential that he can be. And I think that maybe this is what's going to make him have that great season. And then, you know, what, after finals, you know, go party. Then party also. Then, it's going to be a Toby you know, Rudolph summer, baby. With the, like, it, it, <laughs> I don't think you can ever replicate 2016 because it was the first time but with the, yeah. with some of those party animals that are in that squad right now if the sharks were to win a comp oh i don't God. think the shire would recover for a couple of weeks no 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 and and you know what that that's be toby's goal like take the yeah, party you should party when you get a that's how you should motivate that's how you should motivate yeah. these guys like oh you like partying do you well you could be the king of the biggest party <laughs> this city has ever seen Except if you just run it straight if you just run it straight for a couple uh, of months. you guys you guys raise uh a good point there it because the sharks haven't brought in a lot of new blood any improvement they're going to have has to come from guys who are already there getting better mm. there's a couple of fellas that i think can we, we can expect to see more from um chief among them is a guy who you, you might not think it's royce hunt right royce hunt had a massive season in 2022 by the end of that year I thought he was Cronulla's most important middle forward. Mm. Had a great World Cup with Samoa. And I've said this on a thousand shows and it's about to be a thousand and one. And then he had a slower year because he didn't get a preseason in, right? He was on the Samoa team, went all the way to the final. So he had a lot of extra footy. And last year, he just didn't look as, 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 as fit or as capable as he had the year before. But with him getting another, getting a proper preseason in, I'm expecting a big bounce back season from him. I'm very confident that Royce Hunt is gonna is gonna do well. The two other things that I'm a bit less confident about, it's in the spine, right? And the first guy up is Blake Braley. So Blake mm-hmm. Braley's been on the team for a few seasons now. A, a a probably a slightly above average hooker, I would say. But I think mm-hmm. if Cronulla are gonna go next level this year, he's someone that they need to see a little bit more from, you know, I need to see a little bit more creativity out of, out of dummy half. I need to see him running the ball 
a little bit more and he's experienced enough now that like that roosters, that roosters game that they lost. There were a couple of times when the roosters had 11 blokes on the field and the sharks weren't making the most of it because Braley mm. was making some tough choices at dummy half. He's too experienced and too smart to have things like that happen to him anymore. What, what, what do you guys think? Like, where do you sort of see Braley go on this season? I think you're right. I think the spine is freaking me out. I think that it's just one of those things where, you know, as we sort of said, you know, they, they've just got to step up. There's not really much of a choice. I think, um, yeah, I think, I think in the back of Braley's head always is, you know, Oh, I'm the small guy, you know, I'm not that, you know, I'm not one of the, you know, great hookers of the game sort of thing. But I think that, you know, he does provide in some great games. He, you're right. He makes some great plays and great smart plays when he's firing and when he's good. And I think that he needs to get over that mentality and just bloody do the thing. I mean, you've got, you know, Will Kennedy coming back, obviously his fullback, and you've got a chance with now Tricky and Nico, I mean, new halves pairing, but now's a bit of a time to refresh, I think, with Tricky. And I think mm. that this is a good opportunity for Braley to sort of step up and be like, you know what, I'm now one of the experienced ones on this on the spine. Like, you know, I'm going to step up here. And I think that's the decision he's got to make. There was a great story I heard someone tell me once about Cooper Cronk and Sam Verrills, right? And it was in that, it was in 2019 when Verrills was a rookie and came in mm. at hooker in the middle of the year. And there was a game where Roosters were up by 10 points or something like that. And Verrills had a shot at the line, but he just threw it to Cronk. Cronk stepped through and scored. But on the way back after the try, Cronk said, mate, that was you. Like you, if you yeah. see the chance, don't worry about getting it to me because I'm I'm experienced and I'm the guy, whatever. If there's a chance there, go. And then in the yep. grand final, when it counted, Sam Verrill's a very unlikely first try scorer because that exact same thing happened. He mm. saw a chance and he took it. And it didn't matter that it was Kronk and Kiri and Tedesco out there. If it's yep. if it's if it's his chance, it's his chance. And that's the sort of progression that I think Rayleigh needs this mm. season. And I think I the optimist in me says he's got it in him. Um and if he does, and it makes it makes a very dynamic sharks attack all the more dangerous. You're talking about Tricky. His combination, mm. I, I've always been a massive fan of his, dating back to the Newtown Jets days. I wanted him to start over Moylan long before it ended up happening. <laughs> yep. He's another guy who probably had a, a bit of a tough time in that semi-final. I yep. know it's just pre-season. I've been very impressed with the things he's done. I thought he was really sharp in the All-Stars game. And I thought he was, even though the, their, their attack was pretty bad in the trial against Canterbury, I liked a lot of his long kicking game. So what what do you want, what do you want out of Tricky? I think tell, um, tell me what you want to say. I, I, I'm exactly the same. I've always really, really backed Tricky. I think that God, I, like you guys know my opinions of Moisa. I think oh my God, I'm just so glad. I think that's one of the things that I'm just so grateful for this season. You guys know how much Matt Moylan does not impress me as a player <laughs> and as a person um, off the field. As a person. Um, Damn, yes. Jesus, oh, someone, right. someone ring the crime reporters. Oh. A crime has been committed against to, Matt Moylan. If you've ever had to interview him, I don't know if I've Yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, I mean. But, I mean, come on. You know, it's just someone, it's like, yeah, nails on a chalkboard talking to that bloke. But anyway. <laughs> but I just think that, I mean, this is his time. I think that Tricky is someone that's really been hungry for it. And I think that he... I hope that his attitude, you know, is instilled in people like Toby Rudolph, where, you know, 
be hungry, be hungry and wait for your opportunity and it'll come. And this is his opportunity to come. So I think he's going to have the belt up. I think I'm really looking forward to what he will do. I think that, you know, I think this season going forward, I think his combination with Nico is going to be great. I think that, um, I th- honestly, I know we haven't even going to have a touch on Nico yet, but I think that he, him coming in with Bill Kennedy coming back as well is going to be great. Um, I think all the timing is going to match up for him. So I think I think it's going to be a good one for Tricky. What about you, Vanga? Some of these guys need to touch the ball more. They need to do a bit more. And we talk about guys being reliant on teams. And with, with teams like Manly, I think that's a, not a positive, but it's effective when they just feed Tommy as much as they possibly can. I think it mm. can get to a point with Cronulla where they give the ball to Nico Hines too much and it becomes yep. a negative. I and I think... Yeah. And and I think that there is so much. To, we Camper, you and I have watched those guys play for Newtown, the, the, the Tricky and, and the King, a million times. Like those guys are talented, talented players, and it just feels like sometimes they've just got to back themselves a little bit more rather than just give the ball to Nico. And I know that some of that is coaching. I know that that's probably what they're being told a lot of the time. But I just want to see a little bit more from both those guys and Braley in, when it comes to doing it their own way, touching on what you said before with the Verils and Cronk thing, like that sort of thing. And I don't know if I, – I, I doubt that Nico would be I – I, I can't imagine that Nico, especially at this point in his career, would be as, as forthright as Cronk was in, in telling other guys, look, mate, just back yourself because everyone wants the ball, right? Of course they do. And yeah, I don't blame him for wanting the ball. But I think that maybe Cronulla could benefit a bit more from a bit more varied attack because right now – it does feel like they are one of the more one-dimensional teams in the fact that a lot of their attack just boils down to chuck it to Nico and see what happens. And yeah. I just want to say that a little bit less. Yeah, yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. I I was intrigued by a possibility that Andrew Johns mentioned during the All-Star game, and he said he he said if he was at Cronulla, he'd have Braden Trindle at halfback and Nico Hines at 5'8". Mm. And I don't I hate that. Like, Hines is always going to be the dominant playmaker on this team. He touches the ball... Mm more than just about any non dummy half in the competition. He's extremely, extremely dominant on the footy. Um, But I love the idea of Trindle at first receiver a little bit more and Mm. Nico with a bit more space uh, to, to create and be that great playmaker that we know that he is like, obviously again, he's always the boss. He's probably always going to be the dominant organizer in that, but you can have your five, eight still be the dominant playmaker. Like the, like James, James Maloney did it. On a thousand Jamie different Jamie Sowers won a comp. Jamie Sowers did it. Yeah, like it, it can yeah. still happen that way. But I mm. think doing that, one, it empowers Trindle. I think it would boost his confidence a little bit. Mm. Two, I think it plays to his strengths, which is playing closer to the ruck. And three, I think it strengthens an, uh, a, a really big uh, weapon for Hines, which is his, his speed, his footwork, his yeah. ability to double up on plays. This is giving him more chances to do what he's probably best at. Yeah. You know? mm. So I don't... I don't know if they'll do that. It's it's a big change because, you know, yeah. Hines has won the Daily M at halfback in his first season, nearly won it again last year. But there's a chance it's in the water because if you look at the Cronulla Sharks website and you look at the, the page with the player roster on it, Nico Ooh, Hines is listed as a 5'8". Braden Trindle is listed as a halfback. Interesting. Oh, I'm, I'm just connecting dots, guys. Wow. Like uh, the truth is out there if you have the courage to seek it. Sounds like you've got a new <laughs> offsider, Sarah, in the in the crime lab. I know this investigative work. Yeah, and Come I think on. that uh, yeah, we we it, we briefly it's the same kind of thing we talk about the South preview where like if teams know they're always going to do the same thing, it also becomes a lot easier to defend. And if they just go away from Hines True. a little bit more often, then I think yeah. that they're going to be the better for it, the whole team. 
Yeah. Heinz Heinz yeah. averaged Heinz averaged more touches per game than any non dummy half in the competition. That's not surprising year, to me. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's not surprising. And I think that's right. I think it's so right that people like other teams know. They know if they shut down Nico, they're gonna do okay against the Sharks. It's not that it's not bloody rocket science. So yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, and, and the other thing is like their edges, their, their edges last year really impressed me. Both both Wilton and and and, and Nicaro, like on either side mm. of the ruck, really both really good, really dynamic yep. runners. Both of them can hit a hole, and then their outside backs, they've got some uber talented guys there as well. I think maybe they could still do with picking up one more, but I, I think gonna, that in that where are you going to where are you going to play them? I don't know, but uh, I just, yeah, like does does, uh, New, does Newtown need some outside backs? Well, like, I mean, they've, Newtown's yeah, lost they're two, they're, they're two to five as lost. Yes, like yeah, it's 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 it's. it's I, I just, yeah, it's no, awesome. but my, it's no, but Nick, what I meant by that is like sometimes when someone's out, Connor Tracy came in and was a really serviceable replacement. Yeah. Whereas now they don't. They've lost him, obviously, and that's really their only like major loss is that guy that can come in and cover a bunch of positions and do a pretty good job at them. But yeah, that's, I mean, we're splitting hairs if those are the negatives, but with those parts of the field being really good, they've taken steps to fix the middle of the field by signing Adam Fenua Blake and by re-signing Braden Hamlin, which Nick, both you and I are quite surprised. The very surprised. The 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 writing was was on the wall. The mail was was very, it was very, very strong that he was off to the Warriors. Very, very strong. So that's a, that's a surprising one. And so if And you've got Nico Hines and don't need to say anything about him. So just so much of this just comes down to those guys that we've spent the last 10 minutes talking about. The, the, the one, yeah. six slash seven, whichever Trindle en- number Trindle ends up with, and the nine. Like, I think there's so many, so, so much of what Cronulla can do goes through those guys. Yeah. I, think, I, think especially, I think especially Kennedy, but I think all three of them are capable of, of taking Cronulla yeah. to where they need to be this year. It's just a matter of if they can do it. And it's just a matter of whether Craig Fitzgibbon can get that balance right with, with Hines maybe deferring a little bit of responsibility to those other guys a bit more because if they can get if they can get that balance right, I think this is a really talented mm. roster. It's a really mm. settled roster, which you know we talked about as being a negative, but that can also be a positive. Everyone's played together for for years now. Everyone knows each other. And if that can all come together, then maybe this is the year that they can finally go a bit deeper into the finals. I think one thing that also is going to make a difference and it definitely shouldn't, but what happens with Origin and Nico this year? I know a lot of people talked about it, but I genuinely think that that had a massive impact on Nico yeah. last year. And I think that, like, I was furious about it. I think it's ridiculous what happened. Um, but I just think that, yeah, I just worry. I know that obviously it's going to be very different this year, but I just worry about that. And just I think the timing of it all just was not great for the Sharks. And I think that, I don't know, I think that probably Nico's got that in the back of his mind as well. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. We've seen Origin, you know, really make yeah, or break it can guys. Be, it can be tough yeah. to bounce back from, yeah. from a tough Origin series or a tough Origin game, you know. But mm. this is this is a team with, with talent on on both sides of the, both both sides of the field. This is a team that, you know, if they can stay relatively injury free with the draw they have, should be in the finals. Look, when we get to September, we can come on here and have another chat about what we've seen throughout them through the year. Are they glass cannons? Are they for real? We don't know. That's going to be a, that's going to be a discussion in a few months' time. For right now, I think that they will be in the finals again. I got them in sixth place. Yeah, I. What you guys are all saying is true. You know, the Sharks are going to be able to score points. The Sharks are going to be able to look good doing it. Um, and while I think that guys like Royce Hunt or Toby Rudolph or Tom Hazelton can have better seasons than they oh, did, Tall Tom, last we haven't year. spoken tall about Tom. Him. What a Love Tall Tom. Love that. <laughs> Loved the loved some of the passing that he showed in the trial game against the Knights. It wasn't just going to the line and 
throwing out the back like it was genuine drawing past stuff. Loved mm. that for Tall Tom. Um, but my big concern with the Sharks remains the middle of the field still yep. is not a strength for them. And until I see it be that way, mm. I have to I have to take them as I have seen them. I have to take them as they are. They're too good and too capable to fall outside the top eight. There's too many points in them week to week, you know, and even if they just beat up on bad teams, beating up on bad teams. And they play the a lot. They get to play a lot of bad Mate, teams. Canberra, Canberra live off beating bad teams. Oh, yeah. I can, like, like I'm, I said, I'm think not here to judge. Canberra played the 99 Magpies six times a year somehow. It's fantastic. I wish don't we ask, draw, Don't but... ask me how, but a crime has yeah. not been committed here. That's no. the important thing. That's, wow. yeah. Cronulla, Cronulla are too, too capable and uh, sort of settled in what they're good at to fall outside the top eight. But until I see them hit that next level, I find it I find it hard to imagine until I see it. So I have them in seventh. Mm. Ooh, nice. Sarah, what, what I do think, you think? I think, they're, I think they're good places. I think that, honestly, I think it's going to be exactly the same. Um, I hope that Toby kills it and I think it's great, but I've got them in at fifth, I reckon. Mm. Um, and is there a, a young guy with that might not have been in first grade yet that you got an eye on? I mean, again, this is a pretty settled squad, but maybe Kay Dyke, someone like that. Anyone that we should be excited about? Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's looking good. I mean, it's there's a there's a lot of young talent um, this year, which is quite exciting. Um, I mean, Newtown Jets are going to have a great season. Um, Always but do. But I I I don't know. I think uh, last year I talked about Daniel Atkinson. I think he's great. I think every time we see him, a little glimmer of him, I think coming through, I always get excited. I think there's a lot of hope also in, you know, Jesse Colquhoun. I think he's also really shown when he's given the opportunity. So I think there's a lot of depth. Um, and, you know, it's nice to know that in the coming years and when Adam Fanua Blake, you know, comes forward next year that, we're going to have a stacked team. It's, it's nice to it's have It's great. Depth. It's good. Like, your depth in every position except prop is so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. I know. Just, I know. Oh, shit. I knew we forgot something. <laughs> just didn't go to the prop aisle in the shops. Ah, oh, shit. Now we're going to go back. <laughs> not a lot of room in that aisle, I'll tell you. No, definitely yeah. not. Um, young fellas at the Sharks, well, it's, a, it's a hard one because Craig Fitzgibbon prefers experienced guys, um, mm. a bit like Shane Flanagan did. But I liked the look of Chris Vaya-Illa, who scored the winning try against the Bulldogs the other night. He's just like a big, rangy outside back. I have no, like He probably won't get a run this year unless injuries get really bad because the Sharks are so settled there. But the guy who might get a chance somewhere, I quite like the look of a guy named Max Bradbury, who's a young front rower from Newcastle, 190 centimetres, 105 kilos, plays with every bit of that size. He's... 20 years old he looks like he's been a concreter since he was eight years old I've got you know what I mean? <laughs> that like that's a rugged dude that's a front rower yeah. you know and nice. bit of aggression bit of intensity bit of throwing himself around like we saw the impact tall tom hazelton made last year maybe max maybe max the beef eater bradbury the has a bit wangy of wangy well. junior the <laughs> The Wangy Wangy Junior. I like that. The, the wangy Wangy of, Junior Max Bradbury hopes to make his NRL debut wang- for the Cronulla Sharks in 2024. The King of Wangy Wangy. Oh, great name. Uh, the Wangy Wangy Warriors. Yeah, that's, that's the junior club. Trip the, dubs. Uh, trip, trip, the triple doubles. Fuck yeah. Uh, Sarah, if you just check your phone, uh, I've sent you the list of the remaining numbers on the roulette wheel. Uh, the Sharks did make hang the final oh, this year. Hang on. So you- hang on. 
The teams we support can't be teams oh, of the show. Oh, go all right. So you only get two, unfortunately, because the Sharks did oh. make the finals last year. So two of those remaining nine numbers, please. Uh, 20 and 32. 20 and 32. I like it a lot. That would be very funny. I look forward to one of those numbers coming up and everyone saying that I rigged it. But I will not rig it. The wheel decides. The wheel decides. Although the Sharks are the team of the show, Sarah, I hope you've got a lot of spare time because you're going to have to replace me. <laughs> not going to be able Love to do it. it. Can do. <laughs> oh, what a dream. All right, uh, Sarah, thank you so much. Anything to promote? Crime. Don't do it. Crime. Don't or, do it. Or, or do it. Or do it and let Sarah write about it. It's true. Oh, just don't do it. There's been too much lately. I'm tired. Yep, that's, that's fair. Oh, okay. You can go have one now because we are done. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, guys. And this would be the part where we welcome on our Cowboys guest, but the Honor Honor Spack has had some sort of diplomatic emergency or something. Yeah, I don't he's, know. Uh, he's, he's fleeing. He, he's in hiding. Um, his many enemies have uh, sworn vengeance upon him. And yeah. Uh, we had a backup Cowboys guest who withdrew about an hour ago. Um, so we are up against it because we just yeah. don't know that many Cowboys fans. We do but... have a couple others in the, in the, in the universe, but like, honestly, we have to get this episode out. Like, yeah, it now, was either, so. it was either do what we're doing or not have a show out and shows are better than no shows. But what we're going to do, mm. what we're going to do is I have often been accused by my dear friend Bertrand of pretending that I'm a country boy. Mm. I say that Camden is part of the country. He says it's not. But what I'm going to do here is I'm going to commune with the spirit of Cowboys past and Johnny Cash and become a Cowboys fan, become that concrete cowboy that has always been living inside of me. So just give me a second. Okay, Ramblers, let's get rambling. Oh, it's Cowboy Nick Campton. Welcome. Howdy, y'all. Hmm. How's the how's the ranch going? Well, we got a bit of we got a saying back on the ranch, you know? Hmm. Wet in the country, dry by Sunday. Absolutely. That's a thing that makes sense. Absolutely, <laughs> man. Yeah, North Queensland Cowboys. Bit of a bit of a rough bit of a rough year in twenty twenty three. Very disappointing by their you know, standards. Yeah, yeah. And look, we got a saying back on the ranch, you know? Hmm. Always drink upstream from the herd, but last year the Cowboys were drinking downstream from the herd, and it was it was tough sled, and it was a tough look for them. They've the like we had such a great year in twenty twenty two, should have made the grand final. I still can't believe they threw away that that home run prelim against Parramatta, and then I was expecting them to seriously challenge for the premiership again last year because on paper they had everything they needed, everything was the same, everyone was coming back. They had young players that it would be reasonable to expect them to sort of keep doing what they were doing, if not get a little bit better. But we got a saying back on the ranch, you know, and some boys got too much tumbleweed in their blood to settle down. The Cowboys just couldn't settle down last year. You know, it was a, a tough start to the season. They sort of got their shit together around origin on the back of Scott Drinkwater playing some of the best football anyone in the league was playing. But then when when things got hard towards the end of the year, they 
kind of just collapsed. They showed they didn't have, they didn't have that ticker in them. You know, mm. they didn't, didn't have those, those tough qualities that they'd shown the year before. And I think there's no other way to, to label last year, except as a massive disappointment. Yep. They, they, they wilted with, with all the, with all the apathy of an underprepared farm as the coyotes closed in on their cattle. Not good. We got a saying back on the ranch, don't leave the barn to look for cows, you know? And the, the Cowboys don't have to do that. Everything's in the barn. They should still mm. have everything they need to give this competition a real shake this year. And if they don't, well, you know, could be a lean, a lean uh, harvest for them, as it were. Man, remember in Walking Dead when they found out the barn was full of zombies? That was crazy. That was crazy. The Walking Dead never recovered after Shane left. That's my That's, hottest Walking you, you Dead. You are time. very high on Shane. And well, he was, the, he was the most compelling character on the show. And his dynamic with Rick was one of the only things that... He did have well, a lot it, to tell it, him. Yeah. All the time. something, Rick. Yeah, it's got to be you, Rick. No, it didn't take long. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the Cowboys, to me, are a fascinating team. They're a team that, like... We didn't really expect a lot from in 2022, and they exploded to be, as you said, within a few minutes of a grand final. Absolutely should have been in that grand final. And then everyone was picking the Cowboys to be firmly entrenched in the finals battle going into 2023, including us. And then I thought, although I think you might have been like the lone dissenter. Yeah. Well, not not I, a massive Cowboys fan, uh, but I am aware aware that your co-host at Ah, that time did pick them to miss the finals. Yeah. Old slick Nick Campton, they call it. Yeah, with his that city boy, city with his city haircut and proud ways. Mm. That dog won't hunt. We got a saying back on the ranch. <laughs> yep, it was a little below the salt line, if you know what I mean. Absolutely, yeah. And then they looked amazing in like the first half of round one against Canberra, and then just basically never looked that, was, that good again. Honestly, that was the best they looked all year. Yeah, like which isn't great. Like and, and they the barely won that game. <laughs> like, well, that was it. Like they were up eighteen nil at half time, and they ended up winning. 1918 against a Raiders side who like seemed to forget what attacking football was as they are want to do sometimes. Mm. But I think for the Cowboys, a lot of their success is going to rest on whether Jason Talmalolo has still got, has still got the juice. Uh, you know? Does the like, ranch often sign guys to 10 year deals on past performance? Uh, look, we would for Jason Talmalolo, okay, a, tre- right. a, tre- a treasured, like, you won't believe it, dude. We were rustling some cattle um, a couple of years ago. JT came along and did it. Stayed on the ranch for six months. Helped us brand the whole lot of them. Take them off to market. We flogged them down at the Yekka. Mate, it, it'll it'll put my children through university if they were going, which they're not because we need them on the ranch. Yep, that makes sense. Talmalolo, I think the conventional wisdom out there is that he's past it and it's over and... The Cowboys are now looking at a very few, very, very tough years as they continue to pay, finish out this 10-year deal. Last year, he averaged 128 meters per game. That was his lowest per game average since he became a starter. So in, even, in, even in 2014, when he's mainly playing second row, before he moved to the middle and became like the God of Thunder, even then he was making more meters than he was last year. But I think there is an easy solution there. Todd Payton, a couple of times has tried to play Talmalolo for le- for fewer minutes in an effort to prolong his career. Averaged 48 minutes per game last season. The Again, his lowest his lowest average since he became a starter. But we got a saying back on the ranch. When you butcher a hog, use everything but the tail and the squeal, right? Huh? The Cowboys need everything they can get out of Jason Talmalolo. Jason Talmalolo needs to give everything he has to sort of 
push to jump to jump start this team because without him, all of a sudden their middle rotation becomes very workmanlike. So they've got Ruben Cotter, obviously fantastic test player, origin player. He's awesome. He's not the issue. But then aside from him, it's Jordan McLean, it's Jermaine Tonoa Brown. It's uh, Griffin Neem, who I quite like. It's Cohen Hess. It's a lot of guys who are. It's a lot of guys who are pretty good, but it's not. It's not like a top four one. Like you take Tal Malolo out, and dare I say that middle is looking a little bit sharkish. You know Ooh, what I'm saying? You don't like that. You never want to be yeah. sharkish in the middle. Yeah, like Cotter. Cotter obviously great footwork, a really strong passer, excellent uh, at leading the line defensively, but they need a meter eater. They need, you know, they need the lead horse. You know, we got a saying back on the ranch, you can't you can't ride a six-horse carriage with only five horses. You need a lead, and Tal Malolo is the lead. You probably what could, do you though. Think? Do, you, do you think he can get it back? No. I think this is who he is at this point, and which is fine. He's still an above-average player, but this was my concern with the contract at the time, and most people's concern was that no one can play that position at that level of ability with that level of intensity Having already done it for at that point, what three or four really solid seasons of, well, at that level of he, play? The, he was he was such an early starter, you know. Yeah, we, we can forget he was only he was only seventeen when he mm. debuted in first grade, and that was fourteen years ago now. So it's just it's a lot of footy and a lot of miles on the belt. Yeah, it's like it's 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 no secret. Tamalolo is one of my all time favorites. I love that dude. I think he's the I think he's the best running forward I have ever seen in my entire life. And some of the shit that he did for those Cowboys teams. From in 2015, 16, 17, it gives me goosebumps. Yeah, unbelievable it. player. Unbelievable. So when he signed that deal, again, I'm a bit of a mark for him, but I thought like he's probably, he, at the time, I was like, he's probably the best athlete I've ever seen play that position. If anyone can sort of withstand all this punishment, it might be him. But I think there's a chance that you're right. There's a chance that, you know, it's time to, it's time to take, the, the you know the the old lead horse around the back and send him back to God you know I don't think you can give any middle forward a ten year contract and certainly not one that had already at that point been redlining for like four straight years playing some of the best rugby league we've ever seen a forward play it didn't really make that much sense to me at the time like maybe if they had to do it to keep him which fair enough but I don't think it's going to get any better I think it could stay the same like I I still think he's obviously a positive contributor for that team he's certainly not a bad player but he's an above average middle forward but it's just with that contract and that money for what another how many more years four more after this one uh yeah three more years 2027 okay yeah so all right it's not disastrous i think he probably sees the contract out but yeah we're, we're never going to get we're never going to get those the, the 2015, 16, 17 Tamil, like the 17 Tamil who almost single-handedly dragged a Thurstonless team to a grand final. Oh, but I want and, that. Yeah, I, want I know. It back, man. I think, yeah, but I just, I just can't like, you know, he's been doing this for such a long time now. It's, it's really just it, it, the miles add up, man. They really do. He's, they do. He, and, and father time is undefeated unless you're Tom Brady. So I, I can't imagine he's ever going to be a top, like, you know, five forward in the NRL again. But as long as he's a top, 20 forward in the NRL, which he still is, then that's all right. Is that all right? I don't I, know. I, mate, I don't think so. Is he? I think they, they don't need him to be the best or anything, mm. but they need him playing at an elite level. That's the yeah. thing that can hold okay. this pack together. Well, and how that's do you think they can, that they, that they really you, need? What do you think they can change from his usage this year to try and get more out of him? 
Well, I think back to uh, 2022, and I think back to the two finals games they played then in, against the Sharks. That great, that great Golden Point win. Mm. He was magnificent. He yep. he he dug it. He he dug out one of those classic old school Taumalolo performances where his second stint yeah, the, is down the stretch was just like horrifying. It looked like, like, it looked like they just dropped him in completely fresh in a sea of guys who were exhausted. It was crazy. Yeah. You, like you, you see him on the sidelines and the Jaws music should start playing. Like it's, it's terrifying that the big fella is coming down the hill and it gets Parramatta in the prelim. I know they lost the game, but he left it all out there. He sprinted through that match. You know, he had an absolute blinder that night. And both times it was because he wasn't trying to conserve energy. He wasn't trying to play less minutes to prolong his career. It's because he was flat out every single second. And I think that's what, that's what I want. I want, I don't want Tamalola trying to preserve himself. I don't want the Cowboys trying to preserve him. I want him sprinting 100%. I want him galloping through the field like the stallion did on my ranch that time. You know what I mean? Just no preservation, flat chat, rocket fuel, diesel powered, bro. To, to, to quote to quote another Campton, give him the ball. Just give him the fucking give ball. Give him the ball, man. Yeah, just get, 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 get the big fella moving. There's another veteran that the Cowboys are going to rely on again this season, and it's someone that you're very fond of, Chad Townsend. Mm. I think we were all very skeptical of the signing for 2022, but he ended up putting together – a fantastic season. Not so much in 2020. Last year, n- not not as strong. He's in year 13 of his career, still capable, still smart. Can you see Chad Townsend being a, like leading a team to the top four, leading a team deep into the finals in 2024? Is that something you think is possible? It's possible because I think he's wholly Townsend's game is a, is very dependent on what's going on in front of him. As long as the forward pack's playing well, he can play his natural game and, and get enough out of the rest of the team to sort of steer them around. That's what he did with the Sharks in 2016. It's what he did with the Cowboys in 2022. If the forward pack's rolling down the field and he's got some really talented outside backs outside him, which he did in 2022 and still does now, then he's every chance. I do like, though, that they've brought in your friend and mine and Link's favorite player, Jake Clifford to give him some oh, competition there in the hearts. You love Jake Clifford. I love Jake Clifford. A, a man who can kick the ball better than pretty much anyone that we've ever seen. A guy that was, we were shocked, kind of really flamed out in, in his first stint with the, with, the, with the Knights a few years ago. If you remember, we were all kind of pretty high on that signing when they did it. And he was kind of just, you know, you looked up two seconds later and he was in England. And it was like, oh, what happened? Jake, I am such a fan of Jake Clifford's. So Aiden Caesar is getting older. Um, and Jake Clifford is going to replace him in my heart as mercurial halfback slash five eight with all the tools who never quite puts it together. It's mm. a seam. It's a seamless, a seamless handoff. I wasn't sure why the Cowboys moved him on um, at the time that they did. So it was twenty twenty one, and mm. they weren't playing well. But he was in the halves with Dearden, and there was something there. There was something going on. They had a little, they, they'd sort of found something together a little bit. Mm. And then the Knights didn't work out and super, he was okay in Super League. From what I've heard about Clifford, he's a real, he's a real homebody. He never wanted to leave Townsville in the first place. He, he, he wanted to play the rest of his career there. He's from a place called Tully in far North Queensland, which is the wettest place in Australia. Is it? The reason it's the wettest place in Australia wow. is because Jake Clifford would put bombs up there 
into oh, the atmosphere. Tear through the clouds. Yeah, yeah. That would tear the clouds through and then water mm. would fall out. That makes now, that sense. Is, now, is that a true story? It's I'm certainly okay true it. that it's a story, you know? I'll believe and it. And if I was, if I if I was speculating on where this cowboy season goes and, and thinking about what I want, I would want Tom Dearden at halfback. I think it's time to make that switch. And I would want Jake Clifford at five eight because then you've got Dearden nipping around that ruck using that terrific running game he's got. I thought last year in a bad team, he was pretty clearly their best player. Mm-hmm. And I thought his passing and his kicking really went up a notch, adding to the great running game that we'd seen in the past. Tom Dearden, for me, reminds me a lot of Ben Hunt in the way that he plays his footy. Maybe a touch more, uh, maybe a touch more skilled with his with his kicking game. And I want to see him move to that lead playmaker position, first receiver, darting around the rucks, and then going out the back, giving Clifford some time to create or to put up those psychotic bombs that we all love so much. You get that going with Scotty 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 Gunslinger out the back. Reese Robson at hooker. That's that's steady like a train and sharp like a razor, man. Like that's that can that's to me is a really, really compelling spine. I agree. It, I, Townsend absolutely gets first crack, but it's good to have competition. And they haven't had that. They didn't have that at all last year, really. And so, yeah, there, there's a world where it does end up with those four dudes, as you said. And it, I think that regardless of whether Townsend plays well enough to keep Clifford out of the team or if Clifford takes his spot, Either, either of those scenarios would be fine if you're a Cowboys fan. Either way, you're getting some positive production out of that player. But you are right. Tom Dearden is the main man on that team now. They need they need him to be the dominant playmaker in that team and just have the other guy get out of the way a little bit. And maybe Clifford is better suited than that to Townsend. Like I've always been a big Chad Townsend guy, but he's an organizer. He's not an off-ball player. He's not a guy that you want playing 5-8 than touching the ball you know, 30 times a game. That's not Chad Townsend's game. It never has been. He's he's an organizer whose job is to facilitate things and get the ball to those more exciting, more electric guys. So if you want someone in that six jersey, if you want to move Dearden to seven, if you want someone in that six jersey who's going to be able to sort of give you a little bit more, I think Clifford is the clear choice out of those two. And I'm sure you agree. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, the rest of the backline stuff, I like Murray Taolungi moving to center. I think that's a that's a good switch for the cows and a, and a good switch for him. Sammy Valame will probably come in on the wing. Um, I, have an, I have an enormous fondness for Sammy Valame because um, he came in. He Raiders played on, he, No, but he played on a Raiders team that was really, really short on outside backs, and it was during COVID, so he just didn't get a whole footy in. And he ended up playing about seven or eight games in 2020 and had some errors in him, but was very wholehearted and made some great plays here and there and all that sort of deal. Um, runs really hard. Will give them a little bit more punch on exit sets, I think, which will be good. Does have an error in him though, and that kind of worries me. Kyle Felt kind of worries me a little bit as well. Um, still the king of weird shit, you know. Like Kyle Felt has big plays in him, like few other. What would happen if Kyle Felt game have? If Kyle Felt had ever played for the Raiders, the world would have exploded. Yeah, you can't have you can't have those two forces so close to each other. That's why he's in Townsville, so it's far away. Far, it's as far yeah. away as he. Can be from Canberra while still being in Australia. You yep, know, my great can't Good. have those two things come together. He but he's gotten as he's aged, his defense has sort of dropped off a little bit. He's not he's not quite as athletic as he once was. Still a great finisher. He got dropped for Valame for a few mm-hmm. weeks there last year, which you know, given given how long the field has been there and how well he's always done, 
you know, that's a, that's a really big call. So I want to see a little bit more there. Um, yeah, man, like the, the Cowboys, they really do have every ingredient they could need. Todd Payton is an interesting one. Mm. I shout out to a friend of the show, Liam Callahan and his excellent newsletter, the Maroon Observer, which you should all subscribe to. He pointed out something. Todd Payton is exactly 500 as coach of the Cowboys. He's 37 and 37. Mm. And I think he's got a lot to, a lot to prove this year, because if he, if they have a bad start to the season, and it looks like things aren't going to work out again. I think the drums will start beating. Um, I know your your city co-host has mentioned Wayne Bennett looking for looking for jobs for next year. This is another one like Parramatta, where if the ground is if the if the ground is rumbling a little bit, if it looks shaky underfoot for for the yeah. big hombre, I could see Bennett parachuting up there. It's a really strong roster that might just need that extra one. The parallels between the Cowboys and Parramatta are very interesting. They're in very yeah. similar situations. Like minus like that Arthur's been there a few years longer than Payton, but both fantastic 2022s, both incredibly disappointing last year. And both with rosters who you would think if everything was going right, are capable of winning a comp or at yeah. least being in a grand final. I, and I really, I really like Peyton. I want it to work. I think he's a really interesting thinker about the game. I love he doesn't do it as much anymore, but when he first started at the Cows, I even I loved his press conferences because he would articulate his strategy so clearly and just so honestly, much more so than you would normally get from other NRL coaches. But he does have a lot on the line this year. But we got a saying back on the ranch. If you can't get out of it, get into it. You know? Mm. Todd Payton couldn't ask for a whole lot more than what he's already got. So time to time to make it happen, man. Yeah, I completely agree. This is this is not a team that should be looking ahead to the future or wondering about coaching changes. This is a team with the home ground advantage they have, the players they have, and the settled squad that they have. This is a team that should be having high aspirations for this year. Uh, I penciled them in on my ladder in seventh place. I think they do bounce back this year and make the playoffs. Um, just before I give my predictions, there's a couple more guys I want to mention. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Nane had the mm -hmm. great rookie season, 22. World Cup year, 23. World Cup 22 and then tougher season in 23. You guys know where I'm going with this. Expecting a, a, a return to form for him. Uh, the young player I like is Kulikefu Fene Fuiaki, who played a few games last year. I am all in. I think he's going to be sick. He was, he's powerful and mobile and aggressive and explosive. I'm such a fan. He could cheat at cards, steal some strays, spit on a rich fella. I would find a way to forgive it. I think he's going to be, <laughs> he is going to be the shit. I can't wait. I can't wait to see him get more game time out there. Um, I, I have, I have the Cowboys knocking on the top four. It's probably a little bit optimistic, but you know, when it's rainy season on the ranch, sometimes you just got to pray the clouds are going to come, you know? And yep. I think, or the clouds are going to disperse rather sorry we can get things backward on the ranch that's sometimes. okay of course they have they should have everything they need and assuming tal malolo can get a little bit of something going you know maybe they get on a bit of a redneck role maybe they have a feeling they can be someone maybe by the end of the season they're putting that premiership trophy in a trailer driving it around the north and charging two bids again you know yep who's to say this is a cowboys team that should aim high they've got a lot to offer they've got a lot that a lot to like, a lot to, a lot of stuff that they can do. Are they going to do it? Don't know because they should have done it last year and then they didn't. Yep, completely agree. So where you got them? Sixth. Well, you know this is this is the 
end for me. I got, I got, I got, I got to go back to the ranch. You know, oh, it's the middle okay. of harvest right now. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, busting broncos. Sorry. All right, no worries. Uh, good luck with your sorghum. All right, all right. I'll, uh, I'll see you guys next time. Tell them I died singing in these hills if they ask. Okay. Oh, hi, Campo. Oh, hey, man. Sorry, I had to step away for a second there. What's going on? Oh, How'd no, the Cowboys some... guest go? This lunatic in a cowboy hat who looked just like you came in and he <laughs> articulated your thoughts almost to the letter. It was quite fascinating. That man crazy, is my exact man. double. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, but before you before we go, do you have a well, prediction for the Cowboys on the ladder this year? Well, look, I'm sorry that I didn't get to sort of articulate okay. my extended thoughts, but, you know, um, a lot to like about the Cowboys, but I, I believed in them last year and they burned me. You know, I, mm. I didn't pick him in the eight, but I thought they were going to make it. I just kind of did that to make up the numbers so I could sneak the Raiders in there, you know? Yep. Um, and until I see them prove it, I'm going to have to assume they let me down again. I got them down in 12th, which okay. would be a massive underachievement for this squad, but they massively underachieved last year. So yep. see how uh, it goes. I know the wheel's supposed to decide, but we don't have anyone to pick the numbers. Well, you won't believe this. Hmm. Through a series of communique too complex to relay here, oh. I have received a carrier pigeon from the anonymous backer. Oh, fantastic. And it just has two numbers on there. Oh. 10 and 19. It's supposed to have three. Then I held the <laughs> pigeon in my hands. Oh, good. And it pecked me on the back of the hand exactly 36 times. Oh, wow. There you go. All so right. I have to assume that's the third number. Yeah, you have to. All right. So that's the so two two teams left to pick some spots on the wheel, but it is filling up. And soon we will I, know. I would love it if the Cows were the team of the show, because then we might get more okay. Cowboys fans listening. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. That'd be fine. Yeah. It'd be just fine. All right, before we get out of here, a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon service. Go to patreon.com forward slash Rookies. You get access to our Discord server, third show every week. Enter into the Coltrane Cup, merch discounts, and plenty more. And uh, Camber, we do now have actual merch. I'm wearing it right now. T-shirts, bucket hats, regular we shirts, hats. We got hats all coming with, soon. The, with the Boom Rookies logo on it. If you mm. want your friends and family to know that you listen to the stupidest rugby league podcast in the world, yep. then you can do it. You have that yeah. opportunity before you. You do. How exciting for you. Uh, and we'll be working on rolling that stuff out soon. But thank you to Alex Sergicomi, Chris Adnell, Dave, Michael, Braith. Braith, the penalty's going against you. Yeah, you're off your head, Murray. Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Weak Gutted, Wayno, Ashley and Martin. Broncos legend Adam Reynolds, Bruce the Pom, Butsy, Chivak, Snuffleupagus, Dan Carnane, David, an anonymous backer. Due to inflation, shout-outs are now $8. Ed Burton, El Presidente, Del Verde, Rodrigo, Eduardo IV, future Clive Churchill medalist, Keon Kalomatangi. Give me the fucking ball. I can't yell because Zoom cuts my microphone out. I up my subscription just to hear you read this out while I was on your show. I was saying Boo Earns, Jason Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks ass out the comp, Lachlan Hancock, Luke Charles Midmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Matthew Duggan, Morgan Watkins. My name is Nick Campton. Rugby Union is my favorite type of rugby. My ding ding dong is hard and I'm sad. Never trendy. Nick Kodrick lives on my street. I'm subliminally coaching him to run it straight. Nick, the Segway Sage Campton. Oh, what about that? Send him off. Send the dirty get off. Get him off the field. That were diabolical. Paul Mac 78. Please fucking change that one, mate. I fucking hate it. Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark. Uh, see you in Vegas. Shunter, the black vegetable. Thor, Tom Hardy. Was we're now free shout outs to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who's all this is please send five year Australian dollars to at the map on God on Twitter.com. Westlife podcast, West Tigers are back, baby. And why Triple H, you son of a bitch? Why? Tell me why. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who's listens. Thank you as well. I am the Segway Sage. You, you've worked well on it. I, I did season. it. I right. did it, man. You know, you got to add but, strings to your bow. Got some. Um, 
one more preview show for you that'll be coming on uh, Wednesday morning Australian time, and I'll already be on a plane to uh, the opposite of Perth, Las Vegas. <laughs> My God, I can't wait to get out of this town. Go to Rottnest tomorrow, though. That'll be fun. What are you going to do to the quokkas? Hug them, get photos with them. I don't know. Do they like being hugged? I don't know. I've never held a quokka. Well, they shouldn't be so cute if they didn't want to be hugged. So they're asking for it. Is that what you're saying? Don't make this weird. They're, they're, very, nice. they're very cute animals. <laughs> I realized as soon as I said it that I shouldn't have phrased it like that, but they yeah, are adorable. Yeah, not great, so. brother. Ah, well, you live and you learn, I guess. Uh, all right. Give my best to uh, Cowboy Nick Campton. He's my arch enemy. I'm not even allowed on the ranch. Oh, well... Sounds like you just admitted you're not a country boy. Interesting. Well, you know why? It's because City won the last City Country match. Eternal champions. I know. And he said I didn't do enough to stop it. So it is true. I've done more. I've I've, I've genuinely done more farming than you. That's quite funny. Have you? I went to an agricultural high school. Yeah, but my school had a farm as well, man. And like we had a show cattle team and that for for a um, PDA for what what was it? We had a we had a class called it was like a technical class thing it was in like you said it was in like year eight and year nine and technical we had to, class thing is the level of education i expect from st greg so that's no fine. it was like practical practical mm. practical skills and sure. for one semester the project was running a small bed of crops up at the oh, school so how'd you go went okay i was yeah. paired up with a i was paired up with a with a boarder from Kiara who actually lived on a farm. Oh, well, that's, so. that's, that, that we had similar things, similar projects and similar. You'd hope to get paired up with a boarder who knew what they were doing. So. That's how you do it, baby. Yep. <sighs> They've got, I'm sure they have a bunch of sayings back in Kiara, but oh well. I'm sure they say a lot of things back on the ranch. I just wouldn't know. Nope, nor would I, but I've got a saying and it's say goodbye, Kimbo. Goodbye, Bertrand. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>